Uh, you know, that song right there is a testimony to most of us. Amen. Amen. There's something about our flesh that thinks we're something. Amen. And when God steps in the midst of our life, we realize who we really are. And uh, we realize that we're nothing. Amen. In the big scheme of things. But I appreciate the fact that even though in reality that we're nothing, we're something to God. Amen. Does that make sense? That's right. Sounds like an oxymoron, whatever they call that. Amen. Contradictory. Amen. But. In reality, we are nothing, amen? But in God's eyes, we're something. He loved you enough that as small and as minute as we are, I mean, really think about how small and minute we are. The, uh, the average man, what, six foot tall, something in that neighborhood, somewhere around that. Amen, you take six foot tall. I said the average man, not me. Amen. Sometimes I think I'm six foot tall. Six foot tall, 200 pounds, something like that. Amen. Some of you wishing you was there. But you take that in the big scheme. You walk up on one of these great smoky mountains, and from a distance they look so small. Amen. But when you begin hiking up one of them, you begin to realize how big it is and how small. You stand up next to a big oak tree, and you realize how small that we are in the big scheme of things. Yet God looks upon the teeming millions of people upon this earth, billions of people upon this earth, and he knows us individually. Isn't that amazing? Turn with me tonight, Exodus chapter number 14. I mentioned this scripture this morning in the preaching, and i very, very hesitant about going back here tonight, very hesitant about preaching on this subject. I want to tie something in this morning that we mentioned on, uh, we preached this briefly on this morning, and uh, I, I, I become very self-conscious on doing these things because I'm probably going to repeat myself just a little bit on some of the preaching, amen, but I, wanna, I want us to look at a subject I preached this morning on, uh, for just a little bit on going on with God, going forward with God. And I want to preach that. I want to preach it just in a little bit different way, in a little different uh, light this morning. But I want to look uh, this evening, but I want to look at the scripture here in Exodus chapter number 14. I've, I've been stuck on this scripture for some time. I can't get away from it. I've mentioned it about three weeks here in the church in a row, and I just can't seem to get away from it. And I apologize to you if I seem like I'm reiterating myself, but I'm just, it's just all God's given me. Amen. So I'm going to stay here until he gets done with it. Amen. Exodus chapter number 14. In this passage of Scripture, there's many things that we find that God does for His people. And it's amazing all that God done for His people, the Israelites over here in the Old Testament. It's amazing that from their deliverance out of Egypt and through their time in the wilderness all the way through the time they entered into Canaan's land, it's amazing all the things that God done for them. And it's amazing the attitude of the people. Every time I read one of these verses or one of these chapters in the Old Testament here in the book of Exodus or Numbers or even in the book of Joshua, we find that the attitude of the people is the same all the way through. God will do something big for them. Amen. They'll stub up on God. Amen. And then they'll become uh, they'll become disgruntled and God will send the judgment to them. Amen. God will do something amen, to, to open their eyes and see that he is God. Amen. And then they'll go on and it's just a cycle that just continually repeats itself. And I find that many times in our lives we're very much the same way. Uh, we go through stages and we go through spells in our life, if you will. Uh, we go through spells in our spiritual life from the time we get saved. God does something great for us. He brings us out of our spiritual Egypt. He brings us out of sin, out of bondage, out of slavery. He brings us out of the stronghold of Satan and he brings us out of that and then God does that great thing for us. And it seems like for most of us it's not very long until there's something that has beset us along the way. Amen. And uh, we want to look at the subject once again tonight on going forward with God. I know I mentioned that this morning, preached on that son this morning, and we want to preach on that once again. I, that's all that we've got. That's all God's given us. So we want to preach just a little bit more on going forward with God. The Bible says in Exodus 14, 
and verse number 11. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you this day. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more, notice this, forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and he shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore Christ thou unto me, speak unto the children of Israel, that they notice this, go forward. But, but lift up thy rod and stretch out thy hand over the sea and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this evening. Our Father, we thank you for allowing us, God, once again, a privilege, God, to be able to come to your house. I thank you, Lord, this evening, God, that you've given us, God, the health, the strength, God, the ability, God, to be able to come unto your house. God, I pray this evening, God, you'd help us, Lord. Father, I pray you'd mold us and make us, God, tonight into what should have us to be. Help us, oh God, not to get to the place, God, that we, I feel like in that song as was sung, Lord, that we are number one. Help us, Father, Lord, to stay of a tender heart. Help us, Father, Lord, to be moldable and makeable. Help Help us, God, to be trainable, Lord. I pray, God, tonight, God, that you'd help us, Lord, how to be soft, God, that we might be able, God, to be molded and conformed into your image, into what you would have us to be. God, help us, Lord, tonight, have the mind of Christ about us. Lord, help us, Father, Lord, not to get stuck in the same old rut. Help us, God, not to just wallow in the same old mud hole, God, that we've been in, but help us, Lord, to go on with you. Father, I pray, God, this evening, God, you give us, God, preaching liberty. I pray you give us, God, your touch, your power, God, upon this place tonight. God, we realize that without you, God, there'll be nothing done. Father, I I acknowledge, God, with everything in my being tonight, God, that I cannot preach, God, I, one word, I can't say anything, God, that would help these people, God, without you and without your touch. Father, I pray now, God, that you'd be with us, Lord, take our mouth, use it, Lord, as a mouthpiece, God, for you. God, I pray, God, you'd erase my thoughts, God, out of the message, and God, I pray it be solely 100% of you, God, tonight. Lord, we thank you for each person that's here, God, I pray, God, that they would receive of the Lord, God, that which they have need of. And Father, we'll thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Exodus chapter number 14 tonight as we look here in the Word of God and we find uh, verses number 11, verses number 12, very similar to what we read this morning in Numbers chapter number 21. Uh, the Bible teaches us, amen, and shows us here about the children of Israel, how that they murmured and grumbled. And this is amazing that uh, as I spoke just a minute ago, just two chapters before in Exodus chapter number 12 and Exodus chapter number 13, how that God had led them out of uh, my friend Egypt. You find in verse number 18 of chapter number 13, the Bible says, but God led the people about through the the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. We find that God was leading them, God was guiding them, He was giving them the direction that they needed, and they were ready to listen, they were ready to hear. God had done a great thing, and that He had softened Pharaoh's heart by the blood of the Lamb they had been delivered. Uh, my friend, from the bondage that they had been under for so many years, for 430 years, God had taken that little nation, amen, they went into Egypt, some 70 souls, the Bible says, and they come out several million souls, and God had done a great work in their life and the, the burdens had become grievous the burdens had become hard but God had delivered them God had provided a sacrifice for them God had provided a way of escape and delivered them out of Egypt and God was leading them and they was ready at that time to follow the leadership of the Lord do you remember when you first got saved how much zeal you had and you was ready and willing and your heart was sensitive and your heart was tender to the voice of God you was, uh, you was tender to the voice of the Holy Ghost it was the Holy Ghost that came to you and showed you that you was lost 
lost and undone, showed you that you was in need of a Savior, showed you that there was but one way to heaven through the Lord Jesus Christ, and you heeded to that call and heeded to that voice. And uh, my friend, from the days preceding your uh, your conversion, you was ready to listen to the voice of the Lord, uh, and you was willing to let the Lord lead you, uh, uh, my friend. But then, as the days went on, and it seemed like uh, uh, you had this thing all under control, uh, uh, my friend, you thought you had it all figured out, uh, and you quit listening to the voice of the Lord and the leadership of God, uh, uh, my friend. And then you become disgruntled with God. Amen. We do that. The Bible tells us, amen, that just very shortly, this was just a very short period of time uh, that they began to murmur and grumble, amen. Once again, verse number 11, verse number 12, uh, they said, would it not been better, amen, that we serve the Egyptians? No, amen. There's probably somebody here tonight and maybe you're saying in your heart, it'd have been better if I'd never got saved. Hey, I've heard people make that statement. Amen. It'd have been better. I didn't have as much trouble. Amen. When I was lost. Amen. In that aspect, they're glad that the Lord redeemed their soul, but they acknowledge that when they was lost, they didn't have as much financial trouble. They didn't have as much trouble in this, that, or another. Amen. You know what the problem is? The problem is not God's end of the salvation. The problem is that God started out leading. Amen. And then we want to veer off our way. And one of the most miserable people on the face of God's green earth is not the lost people, amen. They don't even realize, amen, what they're missing out on. The majority of them don't. But the most miserable people that you will come in contact with is somebody that knows that they've been delivered. They know that they've been brought out of Egypt. They know what it's like for God to do something big in their life, like save their soul, my friend, and God lead them and guide them. But then they get to the place that they don't want to follow God's leadership. They get the ideology that God doesn't know best for them in their life, uh, uh, my friend, and they begin to be disgruntled with God and what God's plan is for them in their life, and they begin to stray away from the leadership of the Holy Ghost of God, uh, uh, my friend, and those are the most miserable, miserable people. A backslidden Christian is the most miserable person you'll ever be around. Uh, uh, my friend, they're hateful to everybody. They don't like nobody. They don't like church folk. They don't like lost folk. Uh, hey, man, they'll get at the house. Most of them, I know some of them tonight, I could take you to their house. Uh, uh, my friend, I know one person in, in particular, he had to move out from where he lived at. Hey man, he's miserable tonight. He can't get along with his wife. He can't get along with his children. Can't get along with nobody around him. My friend, he's a miserable person. There's other folks tonight up and down these creeks and up and down these hollers. My friend, no doubt tonight they've been saved by the grace of God and they've quit following the leadership of the Lord and they have become so miserable they don't fit in anywhere. They know that they belong to the Lord and deep in their soul. My friend, but they've left God. Amen. And God's dealing with their heart. And they have refused to follow his leadership. Can I say tonight that when we, as the church of the living God, if we get to the place that we don't want to follow, uh, my friend, the leadership of the Lord, uh, my friend, we'll become the most miserable people. Uh, my friend, there's something about following God uh, and following his leadership and, and giving heed to the Spirit of God uh, that, that makes us rejoice in our soul. Uh, can I just go out on a limb and say uh, that we're living in a day when church is the quietest place that it's ever been? Uh, my friend, there was a time back in history. I even remember 10 years ago when I first started coming to church. I, I remember 7 years ago when I first got saved. I, I remember even when I first started preaching. I remember going to these little country churches. I, I remember churches right now that are dry as dry gifts. I, and they had shout the house down just 10 years ago. I mean, that's not that long a period of time. I, somebody say amen. I, and I remember that people shout my house down I, in the power of God, not just doing it for a show, not just in a form and a fashion, not just at a certain note in the song, not just at a certain verse of a certain song, but God had truly 
fall. And they'd rejoice and they'd shout and they'd be happy, amen, because they was following the leadership of the Lord. But we live in a time, amen, when you get up to preach, you get up to sing, amen. And it seems like people don't really want to be in church. They don't really want to hear the preaching. They don't really want to hear the singing. They'd really just as soon be somewhere else. My friend, we're living in a day, amen, when people, they can't be happy even even though God has given so much. You say, preacher, what causes that? Not following the leadership of God. Not following where God wants you to go in your life. You see, God has a master plan for you. Brother Danny already hit on this, amen. It's amazing how God works these things out. God has a master plan for you in your life, amen. And you don't know that plan. I'll just go ahead and say tonight, God does not tell you everything that he's got in store for you in days to come. Because if you knew everything you was going to go through, honey, you'd tuck tail and run a long time ago. My friend, but God has a master plan and God has designed it that he's going to see you through every trouble, every trial. He's going to see you over every mountain through every valley. He's going to help you to fight every lion and every bear that you come in contact with. He's got a stone for every giant in your life. God has got the weaponry for every army that you will face. The Lord tonight has got your life mapped out and planned out and there's nothing in your life that is taking God by surprise. There's many times that it takes us by surprise but I want to remind you tonight that it does not take God by surprise. Can I say tonight that backwards is not an option for us. I was thinking about about racing today and, and I'm not a big racing fan but one thing I do about racing gentlemen my friend is that they go around that track in one motion they never back up and if they back up it's because they've had a wreck amen it's because something bad has happened and they're not backing up by choice my friend they're backing up amen because they've had an accident but the goal of racing is to go forward amen and to press on to the finish line the goal is to keep that car in the road amen as fast as they can hold and press on for the finish line. Can I say then racing backwards is not an option. I was thinking today about in battle for our military. My friend they're not designed to go backwards. They're not taught to back up. My friend if they have to retreat it's a bad day. My friend for them to advance and to gain ground is their goal. My friend when our soldiers go onto a foreign battlefield when our soldiers storm the beaches of Normandy they didn't set out on that beach to run back out into the ocean and swim backwards. But when they set out on that beach, their goal was to head forward and to go forward and to press on. It's amazing how God designs things. God designed two animals in this world that cannot go backwards at all. One of them is a kangaroo. It cannot go backwards at all. It's designed with a large tail. And because of that large tail, it prevents that animal from going backwards at all in its life. Every move that a kangaroo makes, it makes that move in forward motion. The other animal is an emu. One of them big old birds, y'all know what an emu is? Amen. An emu is designed by the Lord that it cannot move backwards because it's got a big old foot, amen, with three big toes and those three big toes make it awkward in a backwards motion and an emu cannot go backwards but it only moves forward. Can I say tonight that when God designed you as a Christian that God did not design you to move backwards. God did not design you even to stand still but God designed you to move on forward and to go forward for the glory of God when God designed
designed the local church. God designed the church uh, not, as a, not as an organism to stand still and to become stagnant and stale. Uh, but God designed the local church uh, to move forward and to press on uh, for the glory of God. Uh, we find in Psalms chapter number 78 uh, uh, we find that not moving forward limits God. Uh, uh, the Bible tells in Psalm 78 and verse number 41 uh, uh, verse number 40 the Bible says how often did they provoke him in the wilderness uh, and grieve him in the desert. Uh, notice that word grieve. That same word is used in your New Testament speaking of grieving the Holy Ghost. Uh, and verse number 41 it says yea they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Uh, our friend when we're not moving forward can I tell you that we are limiting God uh, and we're limiting what God can do. Uh, God is unlimited in his ability uh, but God won't bless when we're moving backwards and regressing. Amen. Uh, God designed us to be a forward moving people. Uh, so you say preacher what must I do this morning uh, this evening to move forward uh, the Bible tells us amen here uh, that, that God had a plan for these Israelites verse number 13 the end of that verse uh, he said those Egyptians whom you have seen today ye shall see them again no more forever uh, God had a, des- a plan designed uh, that he was going to utterly destroy those Egyptians uh, he was going to utterly destroy my friend uh, everything that they stood for everything that they were uh, he knew that they would always be on the trail of the Israelites uh, as long as they lived uh, and God had a master plan uh, and, and you understand uh, we preached on this Brother Todd preached on in revival last spring uh, uh, my friend how the Israelites had came down uh, and they came down instead of going by the way of the Philistines Exodus chapter number 13 uh, instead of going the easy route over into the wilderness and into Canaan's land uh, you understand that God led them down southward by the way of the Red Sea uh, and they became trapped in by the land uh, and my friend you understand there was mountains on either side of the Red Sea on one side the, the Egyptians on, at the back of them uh, and God had done that very thing as part of his master plan. Can I remind you tonight that the place you're at in your life is a part of God's master plan. Even though it may have been it may have been because of some sin, it may have been because of some mess up on your part, God has a master plan to thoroughly cleanse you of that, to keep you moving forward and to go on for the glory of God. Yes, we make mistakes, and if we were to stand up tonight, there's not a man, woman, boy, and girl in this building tonight that has not made a mistake. I'm not even talking about before you got saved. Amen. We know when you lost, you made mistakes. I'm talking about after you got saved. We make mistakes day in and day out. We say things that we should not do. I should not say we do things we should not do. We make decisions that are unbiblical and unreasonable. We made, my friend, decisions that have affected our family, our church, everybody around us that are not right according to the Word of God. Yes, we made mistakes. Yes, we are, my friend, a people that's not perfect. But God has a master plan if we'll let him lead us and guide us uh, he has a way of seeing us through uh, and getting us out on the other side that we can go on forward uh, and we don't have to waller in the mistakes that we made amen you say preach the mistake I made is too big for God to fix well let me tell you something tonight God may not be able to fix it but I guarantee you that God can erase it out of your history and God can press you on for the glory of God God can give you a new direction God can give you uh, my friend a purpose amen to be used of the Lord uh, you see I firmly believe tonight that if God didn't have a purpose for us uh, he'd take us out of this walk of life that we wasn't taking up some air that somebody else could be breathing amen I believe tonight that God's got a purpose for every single person uh, it may seem like that you're too uh, you're too frail to be used of God uh, it may seem 
seem like you've got too much going on in your life right now to be used of God. It may seem like that you don't have enough knowledge to be used of God. I want to remind you that this thing is very simple. And if you'll be led of the Spirit of God, you can go forward for the glory of God. It was very simple what God had told Moses to do. He said, speak unto the children of Israel, verse number 15, that they go forward. God didn't want them standing in the same place that they was at. God didn't want them staying there. Amen. God don't want you staying where you're at tonight. Amen. Amen. You say, preacher, what do you mean? You mean I should move churches? No. I mean, in spiritually speaking, you're at a place in your life where God's want you to grow. Amen. God's want you to become, God's want your prayer life to go a little further. Amen. God's want your sacrifice to go a little further. God's wanting your dedication to go a little bit further. God's wanting your, uh, your relationship with Him to get a little bit deeper. He's wanting to reveal a little bit more about Himself unto you. God's wanting to, to show Himself and God's wanting to manifest Himself unto you a little bit more and a little bit more. He's wanting you to get into that Psalms 92, Psalms 91 secret place. He's wanting you to get into that place that those three disciples that was in the inner circle that they got to see the glory of the Son. He's wanting you to go just a little bit further than where you're at tonight and he wants you to go there my friend not for not that you might be glorified but that he might use you for the purpose that he ordained you for you say preacher how do I go a little further with God well first of all you've got to make sure you've been forgiven amen there is people tonight that are trying to go further with God and they've never even got out of Egypt yet Amen. They've never been saved by the grace of God. The Bible tells in the book of Colossians 1 and 13, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, has translated us from the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sin. You need to make sure uh, this seeding that you have been forgiven, that you come out of Egypt, that you're saved by the grace of God. Uh, you need to make sure you need to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there's peace in your heart, uh, that when you lay down at night that you don't have just mere religion, but that you have truly salvation, that you are believing in more than the church, more than the preacher. You're believing in the Lord Jesus Christ Himself that you have taken your hands off of this thing. You've taken off what you're doing and what you're trying to do. You've taken all that out of the equation and you're trusting solely and wholly in the finished work of Calvary and that you're trusting your salvation on the grace of God and nothing else and nothing more. My friend, you must be determined and know beyond a shadow of a doubt. The Bible tells in the book of little John that you may, that you can know that you pass from death unto life. I believe believe thoroughly tonight that God my friend is not a God that wants you to walk in confusion and in doubt he wants you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you know that you know that you know that you've been saved by the grace of God he wants you to have the thorough peace my friend and the joy of knowing that beyond a shadow of a doubt you've been to Calvary that you've got it right that your eternity is secure that you are sealed in the hands of God he wants you to know that you've been forgiven that's the first step to know it, to going further with God. You've got to know. Amen. I mean, you've got to, there's no question about it. Them old time preachers that say 99%, of, 1% of doubt is 100% lost. Amen. If you're 99% think so, you're 100% lost. Amen. You need to know tonight beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are saved. You need to know 100%. Amen. You'll never be able to work for God. You'll never be able to serve God. You'll never be able to go on further with God because the devil will, will aggravate you inside and out until you know that you know that you know that you know that you've been to Calvary and you've been forgiven. The second thing on going further with God is after you've been forgiven, you've got to forgive. Amen. You have to forgive. Christ expects that, doesn't he? 
The Bible tells in Mark chapter number 11, I believe it is, Mark chapter number 11, verse number 25, he told us in the Word of God, speaking about, being, about us being forgiven and then speaking about us forgiving others. He said in Mark chapter 11, verse number 25, And when you stand praying, forgive. For if you have all against any, and if your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. That's pretty simple, amen? I used a statement this morning in Plain Talks, easy understood. You want God to forgive you? You want to go on with God? You've got to forgive. Amen? You've got to let it go. And can I preach on forgiveness just a minute? When we forgive somebody, we may not ever be able with our mind to forget but when we forgive somebody, I've been stewing on this, amen, studying on this, because I'd like to forgive somebody and totally forget what they've done, but you know what, that's humanly impossible. It's humanly impossible for me to forget what somebody's done to me. I mean, I remember every time my wife has elbowed me, amen. I remember every time she's purposely done something to aggravate me, amen. Brother Danny does too. Miss Wanda does too, amen. And the lack of chicken and dumplings proves it. Amen? That, say amen, Danny. But when we forgive somebody, it may be humanly impossible for us to forget about the deed that is done. But it is possible for us not to hold it to their account. Amen? You say, preacher, boy, that's getting deep. Yeah, it is. That's going on with God. That's going forward in your Christian life. That's not staying in a stalemate, becoming stagnated and becoming a welfare Christian, sitting on the pew, letting somebody else shout, letting somebody else pray. Amen. Listen to me. There's not a person in this building saved by the grace of God that you cannot be a prayer warrior. Amen. There's some men sitting right here on this front row I'd call on to pray, and I believe they could reach and touch room of God. These men on this side, I believe I could reach, they could reach the throne room of God. These others back through the building tonight, I believe I could call on you to pray. And I believe you could get a hold of heaven. I believe you could touch the throne room of God. Amen. But the, listen to me, not just them, but there is every single man, woman, boy, and girl that's saved by the grace of God. You have the same ability that they do. Amen. amen. You got to go on with God. And when you forgive somebody else, amen, it may be humanly impossible for you to forget about the deed that is done, but it is possible for us to lay it down and not hold at their account what they've done. That's forgiveness. Ain't that what Jesus done for you? That's exactly what he's done for you. Amen. And we'll never be able to go on with God until we can forgive in that way. Ephesians 4 and 30 says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit. Listen what not forgiving others does. He said, And grieve not the Holy Spirit whereby you are sealed on the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you. And all malice, and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Notice how he started off that verse. We quote the, the first part of that verse very readily, but we hardly ever quote the second part of that verse. He said, and grieve not the Holy Spirit. What was grieving the Holy Spirit? The second part of that verse tells us. People not forgiving others. That's what was grieving the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we wonder a lot of times why God's limited in our church, in my life. I wonder why my preaching ain't as powerful. Well, you know what? It pretty much boils down. I got a problem with somebody. Maybe, maybe not inwardly in my heart. Amen? The Bible gives us a plan to be able to get rid of that. 
Amen. To be able to forgive and to be able to lay that down. And I understand you'll never forget it. I know that. Amen. But the Bible does tell us to forgive as Christ forgave us. Amen. And that means not laying that charge at their account. Can you imagine being Stephen as he stood there that day and they began to throw those stones at him and Saul who would become Paul. He's standing there giving the consent. He's the one pointing his finger. He's the one saying, go get him boys. I, I don't believe he ever picked up a stone but he was the ringleader behind it. He had just as much or more to do with it than any one of them boys that ever picked up a stone and had Stephen killed. And my friend Stephen looked up toward heaven. My friend, and he's told, he said in the same words almost as Jesus spoke, and he said in essence that, Lord, they know not what they do. He had already forgiven them before the deed was done. Before he was ever killed, he'd already forgiven them. He knew what it was like to go on with God. Amen. If we're going to go on with God, we've got to forgive each other. Amen. We've got to realize that we've been forgiven. So what does that mean? Because we've been forgiven of Christ, that means that we're not perfect ourselves. Amen. And that we've got to forgive others. And it's amazing what it will do if you forgive somebody. Amen. It's amazing. Can you imagine what it would be like to be a murderer on death row? Somebody come up to you and they tell you that they've forgiven you for killing their son, their daughter, their mother, their father. Can you imagine what that would do to their heart? Can you imagine how the Holy Ghost of God, something that they've probably never seen before? Can you imagine what it would do to a thief if, if you faced him face on, you knew he had st- stole something he knew that you knew, and you went up to him and you told him flat out that you had forgiven him, and you meant it from the depths of your heart, and he could feel it in his soul from your soul that you had forgiven him, and that you had laid it all down. Can you imagine how the Holy Ghost of God would use that to touch his heart, that he would see the love of Christ in you? You know why it's hard for people to ever believe that Christ can forgive them? Because down here they've readily ever experienced forgiveness. Amen. How many of you in here tonight have experienced forgiveness? Somebody forgiven you. Some of you have. Many of you had never experienced full forgiveness. Amen. Amen. I mean, your wife tells you she forgive you. But every time you start slip up again, honey, she reminds you that you're racking it up. Amen. Amen. There's very few of us that have experienced full forgiveness. Amen. Apart from Christ. Is that making sense? We got to go on with God. Amen. And that's biblical. I, I know I'm preaching to you something you probably don't hear preached very often. You don't hear that subject preached on forgiveness. When was the last time you heard a message on forgiveness? Amen. Not many times. But we've got to go on with God. Or we're going to be just like the Israelites standing right here and mountains on this side and mountains on this side and the enemy coming in on the back side and the only thing separating us from the enemy is the cloud of God. Red Sea in front of us, amen. And we're sitting there in a stalemate, stagnant, and we can't go on with God because we're not willing to forgive somebody. Amen. We got to go on with God. We got to press on with God. There's some other things that we can do tonight to go on with the Lord. Some of these things are daily. This is where I fail in my life is daily. Amen. I mean, I can do it once a week. I can do it once a month. You can too. But when it comes down to daily, and I say if we're ever going to go on with God, we're going to have to get down this thing daily. Amen. We need to study daily. Matthew 6 and 11, the Bible says, Give us this day our daily bread. Amen. We've got to eat daily from the Word of God. 
There's a verse of scripture I've been reading every day. Amen. It's been helping me. Amen. Every time I read that verse of scripture, boy, it does something in my heart. Amen. Helps me. Amen. Along the way. Amen. Helps me with a problem that I have. Amen. You see, I'm a preacher. Amen. But I have problems just like you do. Those lusts of the flesh. Amen. Things. Amen. And it ain't the big things. Amen. You may be thinking of that I have a problem with. I don't have a problem as of right now with the big things. Amen. I don't want a beer. I don't want another lady. Amen. My wife, one is enough. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. That's all. Amen. We can handle. I don't need another one. Amen. I'm giving her a hard time tonight. But she loves me. Amen. She loves me. She used to love me. Amen. But it's them little bitty things. I mean, I get to looking at, at something maybe that I won't become covetous. Amen. It's easy to do. And you know what happens when we become covetous? We spend that time of our intellect. You see, our mind can only handle so much. Amen. I know it's different preaching. But our mind can only handle so much. We can only think about so much in a day's time. There's 24 hours in a day. You sleep six to eight hours of those days. Amen. Some more, some less. I understand all that. But your mind can only handle so much. And about the end of the day, amen, if you're awake, amen, those, those, that, uh, that day, amen, if you're awake 18 hours out of the day or how many hours you stay awake, amen, there's only so many of those hours that your mind can concentrate. There's times during the day that your mind just has to take time out. Amen. I'm telling you. Some of you more so than others. Amen. These times we have to take time out. I, amen. I take time out a lot. Amen. Say, say amen, honey. That's your opportunity. But we take time out. But when we become covetous over something, that little bit of time that we have to actually think about something that will benefit the glory of God, the kingdom of God, that will actually help us be able to point somebody to Christ. That time that we have while we're being covetous, that time's being taken up with vanity. Amen. That space in your mind's being taken up with vanity. The, the, the proverb, the writer of the book of Proverbs, Solomon, in the book of Ecclesiastes, he spoke in nearly every chapter of that book about vanity. Vanity, vanity. He was a man that had riches untold. Queen of Sheba came and she was, she was amazed. It blew her away at all the riches that Solomon had. And he said, it's vanity. Useless. Didn't benefit him for the glory of God at all. That's what he was saying. Amen. We become covered. But if we can get in that word, Brother Randy, and we can study and stew on that word daily and let the word of God sink into our heart and permeate our life and we can let it, my friend, take action in our soul. It'll mold us and make us into what God would have us to be. Amen. Not only do we daily need to read God's word, but we daily must take up our cross. The Bible says, Luke 9 and 23, and he said unto them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross once. Is that what the word says? It says take up his cross daily and follow me. Daily, we've got to determine in our heart that we're going to follow after Jesus. I realize that you're saved and eternally secure and that Jesus dwells in your heart. Amen. You can't kick him out. Amen. But daily, you have to purpose in your heart that you're going to serve God. Daily, you have to purpose in your heart that you're going to strive to be what God wants you to be. Daily, you have to purpose in your heart that you're going to carry the load that the Lord wants you to carry. Amen. Can I say in this thing, there's no days off. Amen. Daily, we must carry the cross that the Lord has placed upon us. We must focus upon the burden. 
Acts chapter number 3 and verse number 2, the, the Bible says, And a certain lame man from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. We must daily focus upon the burden. Notice in that verse of Scripture, it says, Whom they? Who was them they? Them they. Who was them they? Who was the they that daily took that man laid him at the gate? They're unknown. They're unnamed. They're not made mention. Their name is not made mention. It doesn't speak of a parent or a cousin or a brother or a sister or a spouse. It doesn't speak of anybody of that nature. It doesn't tell us who they were. Amen. But this was somebody that had a burden for this individual that he might receive help of the Lord. And daily they carried him to the feet. Amen. Carried him to the, to the gate called beautiful that he might receive help. That he might receive something. Amen. We must keep our focus upon the burden. Amen. As the Proverbs say it. Amen. Uh, that, that without a vision we must keep our focus daily upon the burden, upon the fact that there are souls moment after moment after moment slipping off into eternity, that there are people right now that are wasting their life away not serving God, serving mammon that there are people right now that need you to be all out for Jesus, they need you to be daily in the word, that you can be instant in season and out, that you can have an answer for the hope that lies within you, they need you daily my friend to carry them to the feet of Jesus and pray, there's many of them that don't even know how serious their need is. Uh, they've never come to the reality in their mind that hell is as real as we say that it is. Uh, I mean it's never really sunk down into their soul uh, that hell is a real place. Uh, that eternity really is eternal. Uh, it is never sunk down into their soul. They need you that understand those great truths uh, to carry them daily uh, to the feet of Jesus and call out on their behalf uh, at a time when they cannot even help themselves. Uh, they need you uh, to be beseeching the throne room of God while they can't get a prayer through and you can't they need you to pray on their behalf Moses interceded in this text that we're looking at tonight on behalf of the people in Numbers 21 the text that we looked at this morning Moses interceded on behalf of the people time after time again Moses saw a people that they didn't know what they need but he was able by the help of the Lord to see something a little different he seen a burden they didn't see his focus was a little different than theirs was and he interceded time and time again on their behalf there's somebody tonight that needs you they need you mama they need you daddy they need you old Savannah Baptist Church to get a hold of the throne room of God and intercede on their behalf. They need you to stay focused on the burden. There's a lot of things in this life that we put a lot of emphasis on don't matter. Amen. There's a lot of ins and outs that don't matter. Amen. But we need to stay focused on the burden. That there is people in need of salvation. There's people tonight in need of the Lord. There's people in your family. There's people in my family that are in need of the Lord. We must stay focused upon the commission. Now the Bible says, Acts chapter number 5, verse number 42, And daily in the temple, in every house, they cease not to teach and to preach Jesus. Daily those disciples went out and they fulfilled the commission. They was teaching the Word of God. They was preaching May God help us that every day that we live, somehow or another, maybe it might be a little sentence that we give to somebody, but may God help us to teach somebody else around us about the Word of God. It just in maybe in a word, maybe in a question, maybe in a thought. May God help us to preach the gospel of them. I, you say, preacher, I'm not a preacher. How can I preach the gospel to them? Well, I promise you if you'll get in God's Word and you'll give them a verse of Scripture, amen, maybe even just a piece of a verse, the Holy Ghost of God will take that verse of Scripture. He'll stand up in their soul and He'll preach it to them. Amen. God has the ability to do that. Take this word that's a living word and if it can get into their heart, the Holy Ghost of God can preach it to them without a preacher being present. Amen. 
He's done that in my life. Daily, we've got to repent. Paul said, 1 Corinthians 15, 31, I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus. Our Lord, I died daily. Daily, he realized who he was. Daily, he realized he was in need of repentance himself. He was preaching repentance toward God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ everywhere he went. But he realized that daily he needed to repent. He needed to clean out his closet and get right with God himself. Amen. We need to daily exhort. This one got me because I'm bad about this. It's easy for me to find the faults in everybody, but sometimes hard to exhort. The Bible says in Hebrews 3 and 13, but exhort one another daily. What about that? I'm going to read that again. But exhort one another daily. While it is called today, lest you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. If we fail, Brother Ira, Brother Matt, Brother Larry, Brother Randy, if we fail to exhort one another if I fail to exhort you, brother, you're not the one suffering. I am. Amen. Did you notice that verse? It said, lest ye be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. If we fail to exhort, to lift up our brothers and sisters in Christ, to help one another along the way, to exhort them in the Word of God, if we fail to do that, we're the ones that suffer. Amen. If we're going to go on with God, we've got to exhort one another. Amen. We got to help each other along the way. Encourage one another. Amen. I know that ain't popular preaching. Amen. That ain't a bit popular. We don't like to exhort somebody else. Amen. We want to be number one, as the song said. Amen. But the Bible teaches us to exhort somebody else above ourselves. Amen. Got to teach you to be humble. And like I tell this church time and time again, it's amazing when you start praying for somebody, how you'll look at them differently. If you start exhorting somebody, it's amazing how you'll look at them differently. Their faults won't seem as bad. Their failures won't seem as bad. Amen. We find also, amen, praise daily. Psalm 72, he said, and daily he shall be praised. Psalms 86 and 3, we need to pray daily. Be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto thee daily. And the verse of Scripture that I use this morning, Philippians 3 and 14, we need to daily press on. Daily go forward. Daily realize that God, is not interested in us staying right here. Amen. God wants us to be like Enoch and walk with Him. Daily, one foot in front of the other. Daily, moving on in our prayer life. Daily, getting deeper with God. Daily, getting deeper in the Word. Daily, growing as a Christian. Daily, learning more and more about how to serve the Lord. Daily, it's telling somebody else about Jesus. Daily, growing in grace and in knowledge of our Lord and Savior. Moses told the people at the word of the Lord, go forward, go forward, go forward. You see, each one of us has been through a lot in our lives if we really think about it. We've been through a lot. You've been through a lot. This church has been through a lot. We look back at the history of this church and we had some of the older folks here and not some of them are here. This church down through its history has been through many troubles and many trials. But God don't expect us to wallow in what has been. Amen. God expects us to go on and to go forward. You say, preacher, why does he expect that? Because he parted the Red Sea for us. He's made the way. He kept us from being encompassed about by the land. When everybody else looked on and said, we've got them now. God opened up the door. And God expects us by faith to go on 
and to go forward with Him in every aspect, spiritually, physically. God expects us to go on with Him by faith. Would you stand with me tonight? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Miss Martha, come to the piano. I want to ask you tonight, maybe you're here. Maybe you say, Preacher, I've been in this place a long time. I want to go forward with God. Can I tell you a few things that will result from you going forward with God? You'll be able to live daily in revival. Revival will not be just a series of meetings once or twice a year. Revival will be Psalms 85 and 6. You'll be able to, to rejoice in the Lord daily living in revival. If you go on with God, it'll consist of souls being saved daily. Acts 2 and 47, praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. If you go on with God, follow His leadership, God will save them. God will do what needs to be done. The result of moving forward, as it was here in the book of Exodus, you will see the evidence before your very eyes of God's hand on your life. Exodus chapter number 14 and verse number 28. The Bible says, The waters returned, covered the chariots and the horsemen, all the host of Pharaoh that came to the sea after them, and there remained not so much as one of them. This was evident before the Israelites. They seen it before their very eyes. Verse number 31, the Bible says, And Israel saw the great work which the Lord did. They saw God's hand on their life. Friend, you'll go on with God, I promise you. You'll see God's work in your life. You'll see His hand on you, on your family, on your children, on your grandchildren. If this church will go on with God and go forward, and we'll determine that we're not going to stay. We're not going to become a, a, a tradition. We're not going to be a culture. But we're going to go under the leadership of the Holy Ghost of God. And we're going to follow Him. We'll see God's hand evident. We'll see God's power right before our very eyes. We'll see God doing the impossible. We'll see our faith increase. Maybe you're here and you say, Preacher, I want to go on with God. I want to go forward. I don't want to stay as I am. I want to grow in my prayer life. I know it's hard. Believe me. I know it is. I want to grow in my Bible study. I know it's hard. I'm right there with you tonight. I want to grow in my witness. I want to grow in my ability to win somebody to the Lord. I want to grow in my soul. I want to grow in my zeal. I want to grow in my boldness and my courage. Going on with God starts right here in this altar. Saying, Lord, I'm going to make a commitment. And I'm going to go on with you. Maybe you, you're like me. You need to get in this altar and say, Lord, my mind is feeble. By in the morning, I may forget. Lord, will you help me to remember that I'm going to go on with you in the morning? Would you come? Would you come?